When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chip Tam and football. That's what Pittsburgh does. What's up? What's up? Brian Batko back with you from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined on today's show by Charles Davis of CBS, longtime NFL broadcaster and analyst. You just heard him. Sunday on Steelers Browns up in Cleveland and uh, I, I was joking with you a couple weeks ago at practice Charles you're basically becoming a part of the Pittsburgh media core <laughs> with the amount of Steelers games you're calling lately what's going on man hey how you doing Brian yeah it's funny with our crew and I think it happens to a lot of crews you go into a season you get your first three games for your schedule and you never know how it's going to break but invariably during a season you end up with one team more than others and you're never sure how it's going to come at, come at you. My first year with CBS for some reason it was Las Vegas. We ended up doing like five Raiders games. My second year, I think we ended up being, I can't remember, but last year we were embedded with the jets. Okay. And we rode the jets like crazy. And I think we ended up doing six or seven jets games. I remember we were in New York City. Well, we were in New Jersey three weeks in a row, two Jets, two, two Jets and a Giants game at MetLife every week. So it kind of happens like that. It's one of those strange deals. And of course, this week at Cincinnati, as we're yeah. all on to Cincinnati, that'd be three straight weeks in Pittsburgh, and I think five overall. So I yeah. think that every I think everyone in Pittsburgh would be very happy to see me go somewhere else. <laughs> But, you know, one good thing is that when you deal with the Steelers, you deal with a really great organization. So that part is good for us as broadcasters. Yeah. And you deal with the annoying beat writers. But that's just a minor. Uh, that's just a minor. I wouldn't use the word annoying. That's, that's your word. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, man. Well, we uh, we certainly will we'll get into uh, Steelers, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. And, uh, yeah, when we had Ian Eagle on your heart back in week five or whatever, we, we kind of had a feeling the AFC North was going to, stay relevant, stay interesting for a while. So we both kind of figured we'd be uh, seeing a lot of each other. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the Steelers' offensive ineptitude with you on this episode, presented as always by Pella. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to save on energy costs year-round. Find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss. That's 866-593-1560. To get started with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh, Charles. Speaking of that Ravens game from earlier this season, I, I remember during that broadcast you you were talking about the offense playing right, and uh, and and Mike Tomlin compared it uh, to to a golfer who's maybe a little tight, over gripping the club. And I just I got that feeling again Sunday at Brown Stadium. But as this keeps happening, 
I also get the sense that a lot of our listeners and viewers are maybe ready for a new swing instructor or maybe even a whole <laughs> new set of clubs. I mean, what do you make of this this latest display? I mean, I called it a, a high school-esque stat line, 106 yards passing for Kenny Pickett. It was 94 until that last desperation pass. Yeah, I would have killed to have had that as a high school quarterback <laughs> that had 106 yards passing. I played for a coach who was the old Woody Hayes. Three things can happen when the ball's in the air and two of them are bad. So <laughs> I would have loved to have had 106 throwing it. Well, that's that's but, not too unlike the Steelers these days. But but for but for me watching it, the overgripping, yeah, it was then. I don't know that it's overgripping now. I think it's just searching for something that will work. I mean, I feel like Matt Cannon and crew are trying to run through the menu a little bit and trying to get there, but a couple of those receivers, like especially George Pickens, he is a he is a deep ball guy. He's a guy that downfield is going to be better. And there's not a lot of that and almost none on Sunday. I remember one throw downfield, and it was the throw down the deep fade, and Deontay Johnson broke off his route. So he thought he was supposed to break it off at a certain point. Kenny Pickett thought he was going to go on the go ball. And that's what I remember truly the ball going downfield. The rest of it is much more slants you know um swings check downs screens running back and tight end things of that nature and why they are there you know i'll be talking with matt Cannon again this week and and asking those types of questions about where we're going with the passing game but they have their own thoughts and and, and understanding about where it is but i felt like sunday it was both quarterbacks because Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? DTR. I want to get it because on a broadcast, yeah. I actually reversed it at one point. <laughs> DRT. Um, they didn't trust him to throw the ball downfield either. I mean, they did. I mean, Cleveland with their defense, Pittsburgh with its defense, both sides are like, look, let's see who makes the biggest mistake first. Let's not let's blunt, let's not blink on it. And that's kind of how that game was played. Sure. And because I think- that that's how it kind of went, and it was a very strange. The best way to put it is very strange in terms of we know you guys are sitting on our routes, we know that we're being conservative, but opening it up just didn't seem to be an option really for either side. Sure, and I guess you know building off that, and I certainly agree with you that those were like two teams, mirror images to a certain extent, and all the way down to the last two seconds, it was just. One team got that extra field goal and the other didn't. But I think what would be maybe disheartening to some Steelers fans is that DTR, nice job on the self-scout, by the way, Charles. You're, yeah, I've messed it up. Your, messed getting, up. Your own, getting your own film and, uh, and, and getting ah, I, I just heard that. I did yeah. it wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think what maybe discouraged some Steelers fans is he's a rookie fifth-round pick making his second start playing that way for the Browns. And Kenny Pickett's a first-round pick a year ago. Uh, is what yeah. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head what number start this will be for him against Cincinnati, but I think people want to see a little bit more growth, a little bit more progress from him. And evaluating himself after the game in the press conference room over there in Cleveland, he said, you know, they wanted the, the plan was to take more deep shots. He, he mm-hmm. thought they were going to play a lot of man, and he thought they played more zone than they'd seen on film. Uh, you know, that's hard to say right in the moment. And as a programming note, we're taping this on. Monday morning. So while it's all fresh in our mind, yeah. If, if there are any seismic changes that come to the Steelers or if anything else does get said or done in the next 24 hours, maybe we missed it. But um, 
that just I, I don't I don't know that I really had that vantage point from the press box. And I think there was it was more about the miscommunications that you alluded to than any sort of uh, defensive plan being a step ahead of theirs. And and the pressure that Cleveland brings, Jim Schwartz, yeah, that hurts too. Yeah. It, you know, I felt like what Kenny said in the press conference that you're quoting was was true. I felt like they wanted to take more shots and try and open things up and, and go because a lot of people are not really challenging the Cleveland secondary right now. Denzel Ward, everyone knows about number four overall pick. Greg Newsom, a number one pick who's playing in the slot. But MJ Emerson's a third rounder out of Mississippi State who's playing really well. Like he's their secret that no one talks about. Big, long, physical corner. And they just kind of line up and go, all right, what you got? Because they feel so comfortable with what's happening up front and the pressure that Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, and crew bring that they just they, they they rock around with extreme confidence that they can cover you. They're not worried about it. I just thought that right out of the gate when Pittsburgh was backed up and it should have been a safety, well, they brought a nickel blitz right on the first play. Like, they, you know, they a lot of times you go into base defense and go, they're going to try and wedge it out of here and run it. Okay, here they come. Uh-uh, Schwartz kind of guessed along. is like, yeah, let's just go and bring pressure because even if he doesn't throw it, that's an extra guy in the run game. And he brought the nickel. And because he brought the nickel, that actually – sparked something up front and miles garrett beat dan moore with an inside move and was right there and it should have been two points should have been a safety they missed the call but bottom line is that's what schwartz jim schwartz brings at you all the time so if you want to take the deep shots you got to block them up yeah and yeah. and, and they have a tough time doing that and everyone has i, I know mike tomlin said everyone has a tough time with i get all that but you know it's coming you know that's what they're going to bring. Somehow you have to block that up, bring in extra people if you want to take those kind of shots. And Pittsburgh struggled to do that on Sunday. Yeah. Now the Ravens did put 30-some on them the, the previous week. Now I know that even I think the biggest Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, non-believers could, could probably allow that Lamar Jackson is should, should be much further along in his development at this point. Yeah. But it, it did just go to show that, it is possible to uh, to maybe spread them out a little bit and, and find some ways to beat Cleveland. Um, or, you know, Ravens didn't win, but they scored enough to win for sure. Uh, their defense let them down too in that game. But I, I just – and there was also – Kenny Pickett, he usually speaks in coach speak after the games. He's a quarterback. He's good He's at quarterback. that. Normal. Yeah. Najee Harris, though, uh, sort of no. – not, was, was, not quarterback speed. No, he was. Uh, I don't know if you got wind of his comments yet, yeah. Charles. But uh, I've seen. I've seen some of it. Yes. Yeah, he had a lot to say that kind of boiled down to we've we're broken. We got to fix it. The, you know, winning these close games and not scoring much is not sustainable. And I think one of the bigger threads that went sort of unsaid by him, but was implicated heavily, was we're too predictable on offense. And he he acknowledged that players have said this in the past from opposing teams. Sometimes that's just one of those, you puff your chest out and say things when you win and you stop guys, but it does seem to be coming a trend and it's something that's on his radar. One, the one play specifically I, that I think to that reminds me of that yesterday, it wasn't Najee, it was Jalen Warren on a swing pass to the left and the Browns just sniffed it out immediately. I, I don't know if there's something Kenny. Oh, by the one where three, where three Browns were in the flat. Yes. The play. Yeah, yes. they, they, they ran to it pretty fast. In the moment, I'm even like, oh, geez, now you're about to get your best offensive player, uh, you know, maimed by getting him gang tackled by three guys. He didn't have a chance. So that play, I, I don't know if there's something Kenny Pickett needs to recognize. I don't know if Matt Canada has an answer 
for that. But that just screamed, hey, Schwartz and the defense, they're a step ahead of what you guys are trying to do on offense right now. Yeah, and, and ordinarily, Jim, Jim and crew are. I think you go back to Baltimore and you talk about the points Baltimore put up. Lamar Jackson makes you more cautious because of his ability to break contain, his ability to have quarterback run game, his ability that his ability to, if you blitz him in the pocket, which is a school of thought, you bring extra bodies in to keep him hemmed in. But the fear is if you miss, now he's going to go. And boy, that's a big breaker right there. So sometimes teams play a little more cautiously against him in that way. I'm not saying that's why they put 30 on. I'm just saying it's a different deal. With Kenny Pickett, you're not going to be quite as cautious. Can Kenny escape? Can Kenny make some plays with his? Absolutely. We've seen that. The Green Bay game, he takes off and goes and picks up a big first down. We can see those things. But it's not going to be Lamar Jackson. You're not going to lay awake at night worried about Kenny breaking you with his running. But you're going to say that about most quarterbacks. So Mark Jackson is a whole different animal. So it changes what you do that way. I do know, you know, if Najee's suggesting predictability, that happens a lot because his runs didn't pop. Now, Jalen yeah. Warren had one that popped big. And because of that, now I haven't done the math, but let's take away the seven, was it 74 yard run? Yeah. Take that away with the other eight runs. What's the average? Yeah. It's not, was- not looking too good. It's hard sledding against that Cleveland front because the way they do it, they want to take that away. They want to get you into that. Look, Jim Schwartz makes no bones about it. If we control first and second down, here we come on third down because he's counting on third and five, third and six, third and eight. Because if he's getting that and winning it, and that's what he's just like, hey, you guys want to try and run against us on first and second down, go be my guest because we're going to stuff that. You've got to come up with other things. I think Pittsburgh was searching for those answers. Is it the quick game? Is it the so many different ways, you know? But the hard part is as fast flowing as Cleveland is on defense, if you don't hit it right there, they will run you down. And that is now behind. Now was Pittsburgh or anyone else. If you don't hit it, they run you down. And that's speed at every level on that defense. For sure. All right. Well, last thing I want to ask you about, Charles, before we let you go in these final few minutes here, let's get on the brighter side. We just talked about him, Jalen Warren. Are we seeing a star in the making right now with this guy? I mean, back-to-back weeks with career highs, and that 74-yard run was yeah. was awfully impressive. Yeah, but there's also now uh, some some whispers, some not, not even whispers, rumbling, some loud whispers that uh, maybe he needs to be touching the ball more than 22 at this point for this offense. Yeah, and that, and that happens too, and he's a heck of a player. He really is. I think that what their plan is to have both of them operating is a good, sound plan. But I will give – here's where I have to give credit because they didn't score a ton of points, duh, right? They didn't win the ball game, duh. Yeah. But down the stretch when they were trying to get – remember it was 10-10, Brian, and we're in the fourth quarter. Jalen Warren was the hot runner at that point for Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh recognized it and went with it. You and I both know when you have a number one overall, number one selection at running back and an undrafted free agent – a lot of teams are going to lean on the on the first round pick, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. The Steelers have recognized that Jalen Warren gives them something, gives them something that's impressive for them, gives them that little bit of jolt, electricity. Not that Najee Harris doesn't have purpose. The Green Bay game showed that. And I do think as we go deeper into this and we're playing in the cold weather, 240 pounds can mean something for you if you give him a chance. But if he's not getting to the line of scrimmage, because I said this is rookie year. Some of his most impressive runs, Najee Harris's, 
were to get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, he was getting beat up that year. Just All right, so, right. So, so that you know, in this ball game, it was reminiscent of that. His runs didn't give him a chance to make anything pop. Go back to the Green Bay tape. He had an opportunity, and boy, he turned it into some. Had that 24-yard run, had that nice run for the touchdown where he barreled through some people. We got Broderick Jones on the pole and getting up into the hole. But Jalen Warren, there's something special there. I agree with that. He gives them something that, you know, this is the old, you can't totally quantify it, but you know it when you see it, and it's right here in front of us. And they decided at that moment in time, he was the guy. They only subbed him out because he'd stayed on the field seven, eight plays or whatever. And then Najee came and they tried to throw the ball. But yeah, I look, we can say what we want, but the Steelers, they're not looking at, well, first round pick undrafted free agent. I'm always going to lean on the first round guy. If the other guy's high, he stays in. And I saw that on Sunday. Now they've got to figure out how they're going to continue to do it come Cincinnati time and get back to being that team we saw run the ball the previous two games. For sure. And it's always easy to second guess, but maybe they should have uh, tried to get the ball in 30s hands there on that final series instead of the three throws. But, you know, if you hit if you hit one, then all of a sudden, yeah, you pick it's Mr. Fourth Quarter again. So that's that's the name of this game. And that's the hard part. And, and we'd be <laughs> remiss without talking very quickly that Pittsburgh defense always gives you an opportunity. Always gives you an opportunity. And they've got to find out on the offensive side how to take advantage of that opportunity because it's Absolutely. there. Right, because Cleveland had everything going their direction. Yeah, I and I and I even talked, and I was like, you know, if you're Cleveland, it behooves you to try and get yourself a gap because if yeah. you go into the fourth quarter and they're still hanging around, that's what they, they do. The what they do snatchers. best, yeah. They have been the body snatchers, and they've come back and gotten people. And those people have gone home and looked at the stat sheet and gone, "What just happened here?" Yeah, when when you and, drop and, the body snatchers line on TV, I was like, it feels inevitable what's about to go down right now with the Steelers, and yet it and it almost happened again yeah. Sunday. It yeah. almost happened again on Sunday, so they're always in it. You know, we you know one thing that that team, that culture, that 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 that, that confidence about who they are, being the Steelers, hard to kill. So you better come ready to go and be sixty minutes with them, even while they're struggling to move the ball on offense. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks so much, Charles. Uh, I know you're busy, so I uh, really appreciate you jumping on with us for this show. And I will see you in Cincinnati yet again. So. We're on to Cincinnati, Brian. See you Absolutely. there. Absolutely. See you, Charles. See you in the Happy press Thanksgiving. Box. You too, man. Take care. Thank you. All righty, everybody. Hope you enjoyed Charles Davis with us uh, from CBS, uh, one of the great ones who does it. And um, I'm glad that we've become friends here uh, over these last few seasons as I've covered the Steelers. Um, that's going to do it for us today on the Post Gazette uh, podcast network. Uh, our last uh, last couple words come from first Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For more than 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for your free consultation. And, of course, as always, our final word comes from Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level for your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Great stuff from Charles Davis. Really a lot of chalk talk, X's and O's to try to at least maybe give you a little different perspective on this Steelers offense than maybe you came into the week with. I 
I know it's difficult. It, it seems like we're singing the same song, writing the same stories, having the same discussions, talking the same talk week after week with them. But, um, you know, he, I think he at least kind of tried to drill down to it a little bit, explain maybe why it was so ugly at times on Sunday against, yes, let's admit, a very good Browns defense. And that's what we try to do on this show. Hope you've been enjoying it every Tuesday. Chip Tam and football. Get a former Steeler or a national voice like Charles, like his partner in the booth, Ian Eagle. And just, uh, you know, get, get the 30,000-foot the view of the Steelers, although Charles has a much closer, um, you know, vantage point than that, being that he's been calling so many of their games. Really a, a super nice guy. And thanks again to him. For Charles Davis, I'm Brian Batko. Thanks, as always, for watching us. We will have plenty more content for you the rest of the week as we go into Steelers-Bengals on Sunday in Cincinnati. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.